I think that people are definitely confronted with things that they were kind of putting on the back burner in terms of their homes, but that translates to things in their life. Welcome back to Let It Out. If you're new, welcome. I talk for a little bit at the beginning of these and then usually they're a long form interview, but today's episode is a little bit different. This week I got to talk to my good friend, Angie Choi. Angie and I met several years ago. She's been on this podcast many times. I think this is her third time. When I was in New York, we really bonded because every Wednesday, we talk about this in the episode, I think, but we would meet up at the Rubin Museum and meditate together. And it was really lovely because it was the standing date and it was alone time with others. You know, we wouldn't even necessarily communicate that much, but it was just being with her. And we would always check in a little bit on how we were feeling that day at the very least. So Angie's a feng shui expert and architect, an interior designer. She's truly one of the most generous people I know and has had so much success. You know, her work has been featured everywhere from the New York Times to Domino Magazine to Mind Body Green. And she's the founder of Holistic Spaces, which hosts a blog and a podcast and She talks about her work in this really relatable sort of a way that I I truly love and you'll get to hear in this episode. She is just tremendous and I love her so much. So this episode isn't an interview with her about her experience. We've done that before and I'll link to those in the show notes. Instead, this episode is what we've done several times. She's helped me feng shui all of my apartments and there have been a lot of them in many different cities. And in this episode, I spoke with her about my new space in LA where I'm recording this right now. It's a real session where you hear me very vulnerably and candidly speak about where I am and what I'm hoping to create in my life. We talk about relationships and she has me have three wishes and we set up my space for that. So you know, if this is not your cup of tea and you are new here and you maybe want to go back to one of my earlier episodes with Angie that centers her more because let me tell you right now, this is a conversation where I am centered and I'm talking about my space and my life. So you'll learn a lot about me, which might be interesting. And I was going to edit out quite a few parts of this where we're talking pretty specifically about my new apartment. But I kept it in. So if it's boring to you, just, you know, 15 second forward and you'll get to a part that's maybe not as boring. And if you want some visuals on my space, I've put some on Instagram so you can look there. But like I said, it's a real session where I speak quite candidly. And Angie and I at the beginning, we talk about what we've learned through the pandemic. And we also get into the connection between space and creativity being in your space more. We talk about letting go of things, generosity, movement in space and how moving things around is important. We talk about change. We talk about the sweetness of sharing and cultivating generosity. And at the end, Angie does this space clearing meditation that you can do along with us or you can fast forward. 
But again, this is a pretty different episode, but I'm really happy to have Angie back and I'm happy that you're here listening. We started Creative Underdogs this week and Angie was the guest and our theme this month is space and cultivating your space and the connection like we spoke about in this episode between space and creativity. So I've made all the adjustments. Well, most of the adjustments, except the you'll hear a lot of the bed things I haven't dealt with yet. But most of the adjustments that Angie talks to me about in this episode, I have now made and I'll report back how it goes. But it's so nice to have you here. I'm so happy you're listening. And I will talk to you at the end with a few more updates and the emoji for this week's episode. You guys know I just moved to a new apartment and this week's sponsor under the canopy is the most sustainable home brand on the market they've been focused on sustainable production back before organic and zero waste were ever trendy buzzwords every aspect of their materials and methods are certified to meet rigorous criteria and they're the only homeware brand with six different sustainability certifications a lot of bedding claims to be organic cotton but it might not actually be 100 organic so i really love this company under the canopy recognizes the importance of the farmers and the workers that they allow their product to go from the field into your home They have fair trade practices for the workers' welfare and they give back to the community and preserve the land for continued sustainable production. It's actually affordable and accessible as well, which I love, especially for organic cotton. Many other alternatives are double or triple the price. Their products literally get softer every time you wash them, which I've experienced because the way the organic cotton blooms, it's not just home products, you know, they also have sheets and towels and comforters, but they all get softer the more you wash them. And I'm I'm really enjoying that. I have their robe, which I'm really loving. I'm actually wearing right now as I'm recording this. Um, It's lightweight, which I, I like a lot. They also just released more loungewear and they even have personal care like shampoo and conditioner and body wash all sustainable, a sustainable line of candles made from soy wax. I have one of their candles burning as we speak right now just a delight of a scent, honestly. So go to underthecanopy.com slash discount slash Katie and use the code Katie for 10, no, for 15% off. Go to underthecanopy.com slash discount slash Katie and use the code Katie, K-A-T-I-E, that's my name, for 15% off. Thank you so much, Under the Canopy. I love you. Welcome to let it out and holistic spaces. I'm here with one of my favorite people in the world, my dear friend, Angie. Angie and I met 1 million years ago. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Like how many apartments ago for me? One, two, three, four, five, five apartments ago. (laughs) And ever since then, we've we met through our mutual friend and my basically second mom. I call her my non-birth mom, Sasha Jones, and she's been on the podcast a million times as well. And I love Angie's work about spaces and feng shui and have learned so much from you as my friend. And then when I moved to New York, we became very close and we would see each other once a week at least. 
we would go to a meditation together at the Rubin in person in the middle of the day on a Wednesday in the middle of the week in the middle of Manhattan. (laughs) It was like the most inconvenient time. (laughs) But we loved it. And it was like us and a lot of senior citizens, which could never happen now, which is so sad. (laughs) But it was such a... I forgot about the senior citizens. Yeah, it was a really... Sweet moment, and and for two people who are in charge of our own schedules and and do a lot of things, it was really nice to have something consistent that I knew what day of the week it was, <laughs> mm-hmm. and where to go and meet you. And I think our friendship really took roots with that activity. And ever since we've known each other, you have come to my space, either virtually or in person when we're in the same city, and given me feng shui adjustments and a little tune-up of what I am working on. And you've helped me sort out how to arrange the space and where to put my bed or my desk for, for different... You'll get into why that is. And it's been one of the most useful ideas in my life, I think, that I've had and something that's a really great conversation starter. And I think more people... That was in 2014 or 2015 when we first connected. And I think 5 years later, so many more people are talking about feng shui. Has that been your experience? Actually, I don't know because I'm... I think because I talk about it all the time, I don't know what anyone else is doing, but I think it is probably a little bit more mainstream. You know why? Because younger people are, especially now this year, but younger people and people in 2020 are paying more attention to their homes because we're all stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so wild. So how has this time been for you? Angie's in New York, we should say, but you're from LA. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up in Burbank and I went to school at Berkeley and I lived in the Bay Area and then I moved to New York. So I've been here since 2003. But how's this year been for me? Well, that's a good question. Uh, It was really kind of nice in the beginning because things were, work was kind of slow and then the pandemic happened and I actually got COVID. I don't know if I told you. Oh, yeah, you did. Tell tell us more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I was the sickest I was ever in my life. And oh I got my sick. God. Yeah, I got sick right after the sh- the lockdown in New York. So days after, you know, the wow. lockdown. Did um, Jeremiah get it too? He did, but he was pretty mild. Mm-hmm. I got really sick. I had to go to the emergency room and I had to, you know, get fluids. And I, but I was only there for like three hours. I had pneumonia. It was probably, I'll say it's the sickest I've ever been. I thought I was wow. going to die. Oh I my didn't God. Know what was happening. Yeah. But, but it was really great because I feel like it gave me a new perspective, like the closest thing I've had to a near death experience. So it was really, it was a really great experience in that sense. And then I really enjoyed the beginning of the pandemic because I'm an introvert. But now, now that we're, it's been a few, it's been a lot of months. Now I'm finally, I think it's finally getting to me. Yeah. yeah. How long did it take for you to heal from COVID till you were feeling back to being yourself? I think I was sick for a total of three and a half weeks. Wow. So now yeah. how do you feel about 
can you get it again? It's not like the chicken pox, right? I think that's all up in the air because I think there's a lot of mixed reviews. But I know two people like Jeremiah, his friend has tested positive twice on separate occasions. And I don't know. So I know I have the antibodies in April, but you know, now it's October. So I don't know if I still have them, but I'm just being safe because I got really sick. So I don't really want to get it again. But I think I, um, I could possibly get like another strain, but who knows? I'm not a scientist or a doctor, so I don't really know. It's so wild. So what has this time taught you? Have you learned anything through having COVID, getting that sick, getting better, being in, you know, somewhat solitude. Also, you know, you're, you live with your husband in New York and your dogs. What work-wise, what have you been learning? Oh, geez. I've learned so much. Like I, well, right after getting sick, I very much learned to value all the people that helped me. I had such kind friends that went out of their way to, you know, to bring me like an oximeter that measures your oxygen levels and, and just take care of me and my business partner in the feng shui school, she took care of everything because I just couldn't do anything. I had a lot of, I have a lot of gratitude for all of the people that really care about me. And that was huge to see that. I think the biggest thing I learned now that it's, you know, many months later is I really learned that I need to start to work my own boundaries. Cause, um, one thing that came up for me while I was sick is that I'm so responsive, right? So people would send me emails and I was like, and I was like sick with COVID and I'm like, I'm very sick. I can't help you. But then they would keep emailing me. And I realized because I'm really nice and respond to people, like they thought that meant that I wasn't that sick, even though my words said, like, leave me alone. So I've, I'm just kind of learning. I can, I'm just learning, I'm learning to ignore people. I'm like, I'm going to ignore that. And I'm not going to, I don't have to respond to that. So I'm just really strengthening my boundaries. Like, how do I take care of myself? It's okay to ignore people. And if it's important, they'll call me back again. Mm, I love that. Yeah. That sounds like a really valuable takeaway. Yeah. What about you? What have you learned? Hmm. Oh my God. I feel like I've learned so much this year. I mean, I, I think, as you know, 2019 really shook me and I had such a, so much groundlessness in 2019 and so much change and so much. Yeah, I was really depressed and uncertain. And that's why I went on this trip that ended up never ending or or at least never bringing me... I guess it's ending now, but it never brought me back to New York like I thought it would. And I think when the pandemic started, I probably told you this as well, but I... It was so wild, right? You know, we were all... The world was warming up to this and it was just this like really uncertain time. But I weirdly felt like, oh man, I've been so chaotic emotionally the last year that everyone just kind of met me where I was, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I kind of felt like I had been preparing for it. Not preparing for it, but I just felt like, okay, what what else now? Like if I think if it had happened 
where I was in my mind and in my life in 2019, I would have broken because I was so rigid. But I had become so flexible through going through hard things and traveling and flipping my life upside down for an entire year prior that when this happened, I was like, okay, what else? Pivot, pivot, (laughs) pivot again, you know? Uh And I'm really grateful for that. And I feel like all the things I was grasping onto so tightly and, and held so close left me and yet I'm okay. And I feel really different than I than I felt a year ago. I mean, we all do, I guess. And, you know, part of it's the pandemic, part of it's traveling for a really long time. Part of it is just another year older, maybe. But yeah, it, it feels like forward movement. It feels like progress, you know? Yeah. Well, you were in your Saturn return when you were traveling, right? Yeah. I think my Saturn return officially ended and there's like aftershocks of it or something in July of this year. So not even that long ago. And that feels very correct. <laughs> like <laughs> it really felt like because what is it about a Saturn return? It's like you're rejiggering and re-getting onto like a new cycle of life. Is that not of life, uh, but of is that really what I don't well I, I, I keep also forgetting. did what well, I did what you did during my Saturn return on accident. I didn't realize it either. I I did the same thing. I left New York. I sorry, I left California, and I just like put everything in a my parents' garage, and I traveled, mm-hmm. and then I moved to New York. So um, it's I think it's about like kind of letting go of your structures and rejiggering things, and letting go of it's kind of like a midlife crisis, mm-hmm. but letting go of what's not working and really rethinking things and it can be a really transformative experience in a positive way but it's hard yeah it definitely felt like I was running through something the fire maybe at some points and I think an astrologer told me this but you know it's it's really about like relaxing into it and not resisting it and the more the more I did that the more ease I felt throughout it and the pandemic was like a perfect way for me to do that because there was no resisting <laughs> like nobody could resist this it just was okay mm. sit still stay in do this you know it, and there was this real peacefulness and and pretty magical kismet things fell into my lap and and some things fell away and every time i tried to grasp and control and change something something slipped away and when i was able to sit and be still and quiet and allow and surrender, really good things came. And I'm trying to remember that um, and and hold on to that. And I hope to take that with me forever. And, you know, not that that is something that I wasn't maybe aware of in a conceptual way. I think I have a lot of examples of experiencing it fully now I think um that all sounds really good yeah I have another question for you mm-hmm. what has this 
time of a lot of people being home more taught you about spaces or have you been seeing in people coming to you or working with you? I think that people are definitely confronted with things that they were kind of putting on the back burner in terms of their homes, but that translates to things in their life. Like, so basically there it's easy just to go out and take care of things and ignore what's happening at home, which is similar to going out and distracting yourself and then entertaining yourself and then not paying attention to what's happening on the inside, on the inner environment. So I think that people are really coming to a head like that. And, and also even with people being stuck at home more with their partners, like having to really face those, those mirrors much deep, much more deeply. I think also in a good sense, people are valuing their home and honoring their home more because I think our homes do so much for us. And sometimes we take them for granted. And so they're getting some of that attention they deserve now. (laughs) And I also find that people are more open to shifting their space because and, and more aware of how their space impacts them because they're working from home, spending more time at home. So they're either deciding like, you know, you know, a lot of people that want to leave New York, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are like, I'm going to, I just now I'm going to leave Manhattan, I'm going to go upstate. And so people are really coming to terms with what is healthy for them and what they really want instead of kind of speeding through and doing things that they should do based on what, you know, what society tells them. Yeah, I, I think I definitely did that living in New York where, you know, we live in small spaces there. And I think we we might have spoken about this on the last episode when I moved to New York and and one of my apartments, my main apartment there that that you helped me with in in the last episode. And I I think I probably said, I haven't listened back to it, but I think I probably said something to the effect of like, I'm never going to be here. Like it just needs to be nice or for when I'm there, but I'm going to be like, I want to be experiencing the city and I want to be out and I want to be meeting people and I want to be doing things. And that's how I lived there. But I like never wanted to be home. And that was okay for a period of in my life, but it also made me really tired. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it burned me out. And I think you saw me in that mode. And you know, I I think it was a really good way to distract myself from my feelings by being really, really busy. And it was interesting when I went away traveling, wherever you go, there you are, you know, like I would, I went to Bali to like not have very many plans. And then like, I ended up making friends and having a lot of plans, you know, (laughs) and then kind of same thing in Australia. And then I got to LA and I was like, okay, I'm back to like my my life of running around and going to things and I'm going to meet up with this friend and dinner with this friend and blah, 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 blah. And I remember being really stressed out about all the plans I had the week of like what, March 15th or whatever it was. Mm. And then none of those plans happened. And I was forced to be inside in my space and just sit with myself. And it was so uncomfortable and, and like everything I was so afraid of happening happened but yet I was okay, you know? And I think much like journaling or meditation or any spiritual practice of solitude, it 
puts a mirror up in your face to examine feelings you don't want to feel, things you don't want to know that are easier to not know. Much like a Saturn return, I guess. It's like easier to stay. But when that's not an option anymore and you outgrow your pot, being replanted is uncomfortable, but ultimately good. And I feel like that happened in, in an uncomfortable way, but a good way for a lot of people, not to diminish all the pain and like suffering that COVID has caused. But I think that is a shared experience. Yeah. I think a lot of people felt that way. Although I kind of felt the opposite. I was like, all my plans got canceled. (laughs) All my plans got canceled. And I was like, yes, I can stay home and I don't have to talk to anybody. I loved it. I found out I'm really quite an introvert. I'm like, wow, I feel like a normal human being now that I don't have to go do all these things with people. So I felt really actually very nurtured to not be around people's energy. And I started to become much more... My intuitive side actually started to come out more because it wasn't being overwhelmed by everyone else's energy for once because I never allowed myself to kind of step back from other people. I was always helping other people and people were always asking me of things. So I was finally in a place where I didn't have like, if you can imagine like people kind of sucking my energy. Yeah. And so I really felt good really good for the first time in my life. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. It's Mm -hmm. so funny how this time has been so different for so many people. So I think I realized maybe that I'm pretty extroverted and (laughs) not that that's like a shock to people, but I'm, do you know much about the Myers-Briggs, like ENFP, that sort of? A little bit, but tell me. So, you know, it's just the personality test, but Mm -hmm. my mom worked in HR. And so I've been brought up really with the Myers-Briggs language since I was a child. She did like a child's one on me once. And I am an ENFP, which is, it's a spectrum, right? And that's the least extroverted of the extrovert. So basically I need equal time alone as I do with people. Mm -hmm. And, And that feels really correct for me. Like I start to feel a little bit off when I'm alone for too much. And I start to feel a little bit off and distracted and disconnected and overwhelmed if I'm around people too much. So finding that balance is always challenging for me because it's kind of like Ayurvedic where like the opposite is the medicine, but like you don't, that doesn't feel correct, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think I had such a particular early pandemic up till now experience where right now, as we'll discuss in a minute, just like a couple days ago, October 1st, I moved into my first apartment in LA by myself and like signed the lease and I'm here. But prior to this, I've been subletting and I wasn't meant to move here necessarily. And I spent the first three months of the pandemic, March to June, in a house with four people who I didn't know before, who became my best friends. Uh, Nothing to bond you like a pandemic and quarantine. It was like a very strange episode of the real world. And then in June, I moved into a different house on the top of the hill around the corner from my old house. So I was still hanging out with them and now these new people. And suddenly I had this like community of people and had a really fun summer actually, which I feel odd saying, but for the circumstances was around people more than I have been 
maybe ever like more consistently, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a really small amount of people, but there were people I was living with. And since we weren't seeing many other people, it was this really small group where I, I felt like I was, I was very distracted, you know, like I was very distracted by the energy of the people that I've spent the last six months with. And I think because everything was so uncertain and because I was kind of pining to be part of this group and pining to, you know, find my footing moving across the country in the midst of a global pandemic, you know, and, and then just there was kind of one thing after the next of like, after George Floyd's death, everything that was happening with the riots and and protests and warming up to that and pivoting from that. And then the wildfires here, like waking up with ash over everything and, you know, not being able to go outside. Like it was just kind of one thing after the next. And, a lot of bonding and I, and I actually am really happy that I had people around and happy that I wasn't alone during this time as a single person but now I am you know and I think that is a, a good when I my friend was moving me in last week and he was like how are you feeling and I was like you know I'm feeling really emotional and and when I walk I got the keys the day before and when I walked into the space I burst into tears Angie like you've seen me cry Mm -hmm. like that like just Mm -hmm. sobbing like fully weeping and it was I was really happy like I'm so happy I found this apartment I looked for months and months and months and months and months to find a really great apartment and I found one that I love the location and the light and the building and the space and the price and like all of it is so good and I'm so grateful so that was part of it and then another part of it was like I'm really sad to leave living with these people I was living with because they were and are really interesting and fascinating. And it was nice to be in that space with them. And I learned a lot. Like I learned a lot about myself in that experience and I was sad to leave it. And so what I told him when we were moving in, he was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, you know, I feel like I've been so distracted this summer and I haven't really been working very much and I haven't been, you know, and I've been doing like the bare minimum. Like I'm obviously putting out a podcast every week and I'm like kind of trying to post on social media and I'm trying to like answer (laughs) emails and I'm doing my best. But, you know, I did the urgent stuff, but but that was it because I think also after, you know, like we were saying with everything happening, I was really having an identity crisis of like, what is my work? What do I want to do? How can I help people? Does anyone care about my feelings right now? Is, is this even relevant? How can I elevate BIPOC? How can I help politically? How can I, you know, what can I do that like actually matters? And so I kind of wasn't doing much at all and trying to just be present with the experience that I was having and, and taking in. And so then I was feeling this sense of like, I know I need to get back to work and I need to like clear space and not be so distracted. But yet, it kind of felt like the Sunday night blues, you know, it kind of felt like I was like in this really fun sort of summertime mode. And then now I'm like going back to school and it felt like I was getting dropped off at college or something. And that's good. That's exciting. That's new. But it also, I realized that, and this is maybe moving us into, you know, you talking to me about, about my space, but, and this is like some backstory for that. But I think I, and I think, you know this as well, have 
I'm pretty, I'm an extremist, right? Like I kind of go in these modes where like I take things pretty far. And when I'm working, I'm like so focused, so working really in the masculine of like, you know, I'll be sitting at my desk and my feet are asleep and I haven't gone to the bathroom and I haven't eaten anything, but I'm like three more emails, you know, (laughs) and just like out Mm -hmm. of my body. Right. And then this summer I've been more like in the feminine of like, not really doing much reading, being outside, going to the beach, cooking, making bread, like just kind of fucking around. But I think that was actually pretty good for me. But now I think I took that maybe in the other direction. And so now I think I'm I'm ready to find some balance where I do go back to work, but I don't do it in the way that I have done it in the past. And I instead find a, a merger of the two. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense because because I remember I think the last time I saw you, we had that meeting at Talia's house, and then you were like running around and so crazy, and you were like, "I'm running late," and you were running late from another meeting, and I was yes. felt so bad. I felt so bad for you because you were like really stressed out, and so so stressed out. Yeah, but I, that makes sense because I do that too. Where you have to go to one extreme, and then you flip to the other extreme, but then you can understand how to kind of find some middle ground, right? Yeah. And I think that the middle ground, the center is pretty challenging for me. And I really admire people who can live there. Hmm. Well, I think I'm not so sure that anyone kind of lives there. I think that it's always a balance because I mean, that's what all of all of these, a lot of these issues that are coming up right now, I think really is about balance, right? Because we're really looking at a divided country. We're looking at separation. We're looking at masculine. What is masculine? What is feminine? What is right? What is wrong? What's the truth? What's not truth? What's black? What's white? Like so much. And I'm not sure what the answer is, but it's about exploring those things are like you, like what you've been working on, how it's all fluid. Cause that's one of the tenants, like that's one of the um, foundations of feng shui yin yang. It's like, those like the yin yang symbol it's like always moving it's not static so it's about being fluid like you said like try just being flexible and being open to going overboard in one direction but then correcting and then going in the other direction it's like a constant dance rather than just staying static in the middle yeah i I really like that what is the connection between space and creativity Ah, so that's an interesting question. I've been thinking a lot about that myself because there's actually an, well, there's, I would say that creativity is connected to, if we look at the Feng Shui Bagua map, some people connect it to one specific area of the Bagua map, but it actually connects to all of the areas of the Bagua map. So I think like creativity is just having, like with space and creativity, space is what you think you kind of think of that as emptiness and openness, like where there's nothing happening. And I think that gives birth to creativity because when you can have like space, like you're in the shower, you can think of an idea. Or if you're like, you know, if you were sitting in meditation, you start thinking of all these ideas because you actually can stop and have space. Or like with the morning pages, right? Like it's because you wake up in the morning and you start writing, writing, and writing, and you create space by doing all that writing because you're kind of emptying out your brain of all the junk and then something can come forward so space i think gives birth to creativity 
Yeah. And I think it connects to what we were talking about before of like being so busy, that sort of non-space, you know, overwhelm, being, you know, too extroverted, right? Like I think finding that sort of space that, you know, COVID has given us. Is... Yeah. Well, even like with your apartment, like I was looking at what you're posting, you don't like, you don't have any furniture. And I think you posted some, your list of stuff you needed to buy, right? For your yes. house. And, but since you have an empty, you have like an empty apartment, you can be creative. You have so much to do, but if you had a full apartment, you would have no, nothing to create. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this and I'm almost hesitant to like bring any, like I went to Ikea last night with my friends and you know, I had it like, I can't even like cut an avocado. Cause like, I don't have a knife. You know what I mean? Like I had to like get everything, uh-huh. but I was apprehensive to even like bring in any of that stuff because I like this. There's such amazing light in this space and it feels like this big open loft. And I, I have a rug, like I got a rug and I think the rug is actually good, but we unloaded it last night and my friend helped me. And I was like, Wait, I don't don't want the rug. Do you want the rug? Take the rug. Like, I was just suddenly like, I don't want anything. And she was like, wait, is this all your stuff? Like, you don't have anything anywhere else. And I was like, no, this is everything I own. And I've gotten so many messages from people on Instagram lately being like, or this week when they saw... Because I posted a lot of this Mm -hmm. saying, I'm so... How lucky you are to have this fresh start. Mm -hmm. Because so many people have you know, ties to things and family and partners. And um, I can look at them and be like, oh man, it'd be really nice to have a boyfriend, you know, or like someone to help me build my bed or like have, you know, shared things with, but also like, this is nice too. And it's, it's cool to remember that. And I do feel like, like I was saying before of this summer being around the people I was living with in the, in the house, I was the least creative I've ever been. I was so, I was emotionally okay, but I was and having a nice time, but I output wise, very minimal, very, very minimal because <laughs> I was very distracted. And I think that's okay. Like there's times to reap and time to, times to sow. And I think it was a lot of me like taking in energy that I will now figure out how to package and learn from and grow and share. But now that I have the space, I feel like I'm in a prime place to do that, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't think you should be afraid of putting things in your home because you've always been pretty good at letting things go. I mean, your book is called Let It Out. So it's about letting things yeah. go. And you I asked you good. I mean, I think you know that about <laughs> me. We're like, I'll buy something, give it away and then have to buy it again. <laughs> That's a really great thing. Like, so, okay. So you can be on one end, like where if you have, before we started recording, you're, you were saying that even because there's no furniture on a pra- in a practical sense, it's echoey, right? And right. In your home, which isn't good for podcasting, but it's also in feng shui when there's nothing in your home, it means that it's very yin. There's no life. So you don't want you want to have life in your space, but you don't want it so full that it's stagnant. And you're not in danger of doing that. I don't think <laughs> that's not you. But um, but it's. I recently started thinking a lot about this because um, 
I, you know, I work with people who renovate their spaces and some of my clients just renovate, you know, they're always changing things around. And it's actually really, I think a positive thing to always be working on your spaces and changing it. And, and like your, you get something, you give it away and then you buy something to replace it because you're, you're moving along energy. You're, first of all, you're moving energy in your home, which translates to moving energy in your life, but you're also being generous. Because so many people who have clutter or have a lot of stuff, that's because they're scared to let go because mm-hmm. they think they might need it again. So they yeah. hold on to everything. And so it's actually like a poverty mentality. But you're so generous that you, even with the what you, you're very generous with like, I think the kindness you offer, not only that, but with, and you, like you said, with objects as well. And what you could probably learn is to like hold on, hold a little bit more for yourself and to allow yourself to keep something that you, that you love. But a lot of people have the other problem where they hold on so tightly that they, they're scared of, they have this poverty mentality about it. They thought they'll never have enough. And I think you have like a more abundant viewpoint. So you're ready to give because you know, you'll, you can just get it again. That's really interesting. And not to get too psychological or too, um, down the rabbit hole on this, but I, I think maybe you'll find this interesting. This relates to eating dis- my eating disorder in particular, I think, because so so I come from a mom who is exactly what you were talking about with with clutter and holds on to mm. things. Um, so I think I overcorrected for for growing up in that way. I never I don't like having a lot of stuff around. I move a lot. I have lived in a lot of places. My mom has only lived in our small town. And it's very similar with my eating disorder. You know, my mom has always been in a larger body ever since I was born. And I think I I had an overcorrection from from that. And and a lot of that is, you know, I've spoken about on the podcast is, you know, we live in a a world that's very fat phobic and, you know, standards of beauty and there's all sorts of components that that deal with that but the way my eating disorder manifests is always not wanting to hold on to things like not wanting to be overly full not wanting to take in and it's constantly been like an up and down situation as you know but it's funny that that mirrors the space thing right yeah of course it mirrors the space thing i did it did occur to me while while i was saying that it probably does connect with the eating disorder stuff Absolutely. Like, because sometimes I'll eat too much or some people will eat. Like, I know some people that will like make sure when they go on a plane, they have enough to eat because they're scared that they might not have enough to eat on the plane, you know, because you're trapped on the plane. Yeah. Little psychological things like that. And it, it absolutely translates to our spaces. It translates to how we interact with people. Even like one example I give a lot is like a closet with clothing. If you keep your closet full all the time with clothes, people don't want to let go of things. And, um, you know, but if you keep it full all the time, out of fear that you might need it one day, you might not have enough. But once you can open it up and make, make space, you can welcome in new opportunities, new, new things, new perspectives, new boyfriends, whatever, right? Yeah, I love that about like movement taking things in, sharing them, giving them away. I have a box right now that like whenever a friend's been coming over to help me or something, I from my pod of people, 
I've been like, okay, take something from the box. What do you want? You know, like my friend took my salt lamp and like, I loved this salt lamp. I used it for a long time. It was a gift from someone else. And I just, I don't want it anymore. I, I've had enough of it. It's perfectly good. I just, you know, I'm going to pass it on. And my friend Christine really taught me this because she, every time I go over there, she gives me something. She gives me some of her clothes or gives me a ceramic or something. And yeah. it's so meaningful to me. And it's onward with her, you know, like she doesn't, doesn't need it. And I think that that sharing and is, there's a lot of sweetness there. Yeah. It's, it's really about cultivating generosity. Mm, yeah. But you need it, but I guess you can over, you could start to be a little bit more generous with yourself. Yeah. That seems to be a theme in my life that a lot of people are pointing out to me. What does moving represent energetically? And is there anything to keep in mind? Moving from place to place. Yeah. To a new house, new apartment. Well, it's definitely, um, well, just moving things inside your home. So if you're not moving, it's moving the energy. So then when you move from one place to another, one location to another, you're definitely moving up energy. And hopefully most people are, you know, upgrading. And I think you are, you're taking on a different type of, like, this is the first time you're living alone, right? Well, kind of. I I lived alone when I met you actually in my first apartment in Michigan. And it's interesting because it feels like this is the first time I lived alone because (laughs) I lived alone then, but I was 22 and it was an apartment that I didn't really love. And I didn't really, I didn't want to be in that city at all, but I was there for three years, maybe. But it was, I really never made it my space. Like it was a kind of a hodgepodge of furniture, like you kind of do in college. And, you know, I, I made it somewhat nice. And I think that's when I connected with you because I had a fascination for spaces and even took some college classes in interior design because I've always felt like it was something interesting to me. And then a few years, then, yeah, like three years later, I moved to a different apartment in. Detroit, as you know, you remember that one. Yeah, um, I remember that one. It was you had, you had super a cool. I had a roommate. It was like 1970s. It was huge. It had a um, fireplace and I had a really large room and you helped me like figure out the feng shui. Then I had what I called an executive desk in the command position. <laughs> and it was super yes. cool. <laughs> and then after yeah. that, I moved to New York and lived in the East Village with a roommate and someone who we can definitely classify as what would we call her? Like someone who holds on to a lot of things. And she had just Mm. been in that space for so long that there was so much there. And, you know, my room became a bit of a sanctuary and we did a great job with that space and plants and it was really open. But again, like a roommate scenario. And then I moved to Brooklyn for a little bit, also with roommates. And I was there for such a short amount of time that I barely even unpacked much less like made it a space but it was a lovely place to be for for a while and then i was traveling and you know basically home free <laughs> and then now i'm here so it really does feel like the first time i've been living alone so far from where i'm from for sure and you know i think that that time period when i lived on my own in michigan it was like I said, I was 22 and I was, you know, just a, 
a, a drive away from my family and my home. And the, the apartment itself was very easy. Like it, it was big and cheap and had a washer and dryer. You know what I mean? It was just like very simple to live mm-hmm. there on my own. Um, parking, well, you know. Was so long ago too. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, you know, eight years ago. Yeah. Well, moving is definitely definitely about changing your energy. And even they say, like my teacher's teacher would say, if you're having a bout of bad luck, then you should, you can move or go travel. (laughs) So it's like, you can kind of like leave your bad luck behind. So I think it's really a great new beginning as many people have, you you said people have noted that like, you're kind of starting with a blank slate and it feels very open and spacious, like from the like the videos you sent me, it's like, it just feels like a big, open, white light. Like yeah, so much potential. I think so too. There's so much potential and it feels correct. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it. But like I said, I I looked at so many places and some that would have been with a roommate or would have been in different neighborhoods. And, and this one, this one just worked out in a really kismet sort of a way. And I'm... Yeah, I'm just grateful and it feels correct. Today's episode is brought to you by Under the Canopy. Under the Canopy is the most sustainable home brand on the market. Listen, they have been focused on sustainable production way back before organic and zero waste were ever cool. Every aspect of their materials and methods are certified to meet rigorous criteria. And they're the only home brand that has six different sustainability certifications. I've been sleeping on their sheets. I've been wearing their robe as we speak. And genuinely... I love the quality so much and it really makes me happy that you know a lot of bedding companies claim to be organic cotton but that they might not actually be 100% organic and what's cool about Under the Canopy is that they have a 100% GOTS certification which means that they are free from any harmful toxins and it's really just this ultra comfortable sustainable experience everything is fair trade and they support their workers well and I think honestly that has a lot to do why I love this company so much but also their products are really great and actually affordable and accessible which I really really love where many other organic alternatives are double or triple the price so their products get softer every time you wash them which I've experienced the cotton blooms a bit which is really cool and they don't just have home products like sheets they also have you know sheets and towels and comforters that's their main thing but they just released an amazing line of loungewear like this robe I'm wearing and some other things and they even have shampoo conditioner body wash and a sustainable line of candles made from soy wax which I really love I'm burning right now smells delicious go to underthecanopy.com slash discount slash Katie and use the code Katie K-A-T-I-E for 15% off that's underthecanopy.com slash discount slash Katie and use the code Katie K-A-T-I-E for 15% off should we get into it? Should we get into a little bit of feng shui about what is coming up for me and what this space will be? Yeah, definitely. So I'm excited because now that I'm doing a lot more virtual consultations, it's going to be, I think it'll be a little bit different than we've done before. But um, cool. But I thought this would be a really great time for me to ask you some questions and then for you to really kind of think about 
what kind of intentions do you want to bring into this space, which represents a new phase in your life, like welcoming in new beginnings? So, okay, so I have your floor plan and I'm looking at it and I, and I saw a couple of videos. So I usually start by asking, what are three wishes you have for yourself? Ooh, hmm. I didn't, I didn't think of this prior. <laughs> do you, so I can sh- give you examples if you want. Sure. Give me examples and then I'll just do it stream of consciousness. You probably asked me this the other times we've done this. I wonder what I would have said. Yeah, probably. We should look back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So here's some examples. People like the big two big ones are like, I want to find a boyfriend or a partner or I want to work on my relationship. Sometimes people want to work on their career. Sometimes people want to work on their family life. Some people want to work on their wisdom. Some people want to just start off good in their new place. Some people want to improve okay. their health. I've, I've got mine. Okay, go for it. Okay. Do they have to be in order? No. Okay. Number one, I want to find a partner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's You're number, ready. Yeah, that's not necessarily number one, but like, yeah, that's um, okay. that's one for sure. Love, partner, relationship, someone who likes me back as much as I like them, that sort of thing. And number two, not that these are in order, but I think financially, my creative work and my work in general with the podcast and the kits and all the things that I do supports me fully. And I can keep doing it in abundance and do more and still travel in my life at the level I want to. And then number three is I think... I don't know if I'm trying to squeeze two wishes into my last wish, but it's creatively fulfilled, like fully like in my hobbies, like I'm starting ceramics and I'm really bad at it, but like I want to stick with it and get better. I want to improve my writing. I want to creatively collaborate with a community of people that feels really good and easy and flowing and fluid and connected with nature. So I guess it's about creativity and community. And then, you know, I guess my money wish, which is about, you know, like financially being supported through the work that I'm doing is also, you know, related to creativity in a way. Okay. Those are good. Okay. So just to summarize, one is you'd like to be in a relationship, (laughs) a romantic, you'd like to be in a romantic (laughs) relationship and you're ready for that. Cause I know like it's been a while and you've done a lot of You've done a lot of work and um, <laughs> yes. And so now you're like, well, because sometimes people aren't ready yet, but you're now you're like, I'm ready. I'm so ready. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, also just by saying that out loud and everyone knows now, maybe you'll start getting people interested. Oh, great. Cool. Calling. Call me. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll work on. Um, so there's an actually an area of the your home that relates to relationships. So we can look at that. And then also we'll look at your bed because I already noticed something from the picture she sent me. (laughs) Well, that is not how it's going to be. That is just my mattress is on the ground because I don't have... My bed is not set up and my real bed isn't sent to me. So... Oh, you don't have a real bed yet. Okay. No, that's... I'm just borrowing my friend's Ikea bed. My real bed is getting sent to me 
and we just built the bed frame. So coming soon. Tempor- okay. is temporary. Okay. Well, and I know I need two nightstands. I know that's yeah, like the we're number gonna one go thing. Over that. We're going to go over all the bed things for the Okay, ladies. great. Okay. <laughs> all right. And then just as a reminder to make sure, and then we'll work on something else. And then Wait, I can think- I just tell you a funny yeah. thing that maybe yes. everyone else won't think is funny? But I. Re- <laughs> I remember in the last interview we did for my other apartment, my boyfriend at the time, Nick, was there. And Angie was like, yeah, you got to have a headboard because the headboard means like the relationship. What is it that the relationship will like? stability of the relationship and nick and i kind of looked at each other and we're like oh no the stability of our relationship we don't have a headboard turns out didn't work out (laughs) so this this feng shui stuff works oh well (laughs) well that's the big thing that was what i noticed i'm like that that she's putting together doesn't have a headboard Well, shoot, it still doesn't have a headboard, but I don't have a relationship yet. So do I need to worry about the stability of one? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to, we'll talk about some kind of fun fix for that. Okay, great. Okay. But yeah, yeah, no, it's not because of, well, maybe it was all because of headboard. Let's blame it on the headboard. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) There are other things, but sure. (laughs) Well, because also the headboard connects the partners too. And you guys were apart. There were like... Yeah. So headboards are really important. So we'll go over all the bed things and then I'll think of something that will be especially good for you to work with really to attract a partner. And then actually the other thing is, so I'm going to actually put the money thing. I'm going to kind of put that as a the third thing, because I think that's not the biggest issue. The issue is more about being inspired by what you do and having your work be connected to what inspires you. Cool. And then when you do those things, the finances will naturally come because you don't because you don't really have a problem with the finances. What it is is that you want you want to continue to fine tune what your what your offering is to the world so that it's more it's more and more aligned with what you love and more fulfilling for you. And when that happens, the abundance just naturally comes with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Okay. So there's actually two areas of the function map that relate to that. There's an area called fame and recognition, and it's related to the fire element. And that's related to your inspiration and your fire, your passion. And then there's an area called path in life, which is related to career and how you show up. And that's also going to be good for you to meet more people with your relationships. So, okay, I have. I have to get a, a little bit more information and then I'll ask you some more information. And then we'll kind of walk through things that you can do in your home. And then we can do like a little dedication, like a virtual space clearing dedication with, with your aspirations at the end. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay. So let me, I need to know a little bit more about your relationship situation. So what do you think needs to happen for you to meet someone? Are you, for instance, are you meeting people? Are you, or so are you actively trying to date people right now or no? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's COVID. So like I've <laughs> been, you know, I haven't been like out meeting people in person and I'm not online dating, but I'm, I'm open to it. And I have gone on dates and I have like I liked someone and 
had a situation that was like really nice and sweet, but like they didn't want a relationship, (laughs) you know? And so that was good, but also, you know, a little bit like, oh, bummer, but made me realize like, okay, well, I do want one of these again now. (laughs) So it was expansive in that way, I think. Okay. Do you think that, okay, so you're dating, um, you liked someone, it wasn't, they weren't ready to be in a relationship. And would you say that you're meeting enough people or? No. Okay. You're not meeting enough people and you're not, are you, you're not kind of out there as, as much as you could be because COVID and other things. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just kind of like a girl's girl. Like I'm saying, like, I'm just like, not, I don't really meet that many dudes necessarily I feel like uh, you know in my and just in general like in my work like I'm always yeah I make friends very easily I have a lot of friends and I make new friends pretty easily but they tend to be women okay so you're just not meeting as many men and then let me ask you when you do meet men are there men that like you and you don't like them or or the ones that you like don't you don't yes it's um the ones that like me i don't really like back and then the ones that i like don't seem to like me back (laughs) okay all right got it okay and then i think you've done a lot of work on yourself so that's not because that's also something that people need to do but i think you're you've got that one down you're you're self-help queen (laughs) Mm -hmm. i've been doing self-help like since i came out of the womb (laughs) So, so I don't think you need more self-help and self-love. You're, you're doing a lot of that. And I think that you, I think your self-worth is pretty good. I know that we all have our insecurities and we all have our imposter syndrome and stuff like that. But I think that you also know that you're a good catch, right? I think my self-worth was pretty shaken by this like unrequited situation that I was in. <laughs> um, oh, recently? Yeah. And I think I just kind of, I think I had, I think self-worth is something I need a hand in actually. (laughs) I think I, especially, I don't know, I'm around a lot of like cool, beautiful people and I tend to, you know, have a lot of like, oh no, am I actually okay to be here? Does everyone like me? Like I, I kind of get into that mode, but I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of self-aware of it and I'm, I'm starting to see that we're all just people and everyone's trying their best and maybe I'm okay (laughs) on a good day. Yeah. And I think you're pretty like fun and easygoing in general. You're not like a super critical person. So that's, you don't think is that that's not something that we need to focus on, right? In terms of relationships in the beginning. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Cause you know, some people you're like, the reason why you don't, you're not dating someone is because you're, really hard to be around you're not like yeah that. I don't okay. think I think I probably have been in the past but I think I'm I think that yeah I'm okay about like no one's going to be perfect so okay so I think really I think actually when we work on the fire and the water areas the fame and recognition and the career areas those are actually also work on your social life as well because it's not just like your visibility and your and how you're seen and your inspiration and your passion for what you do is also like the same energy that makes you visible and seen to possible partners and um and then the career aspect is water and water is 
water can be wisdom, but it's also like a social network. So it's about meeting a lot of people. You need more opportunities to meet viable people. And then you need to be much more visible so they can see you in both work, your in work and in your personal life. So I think those two areas are going to be really important to activate for you. Okay, so I think I have a good idea of how we could go. So I'm just going to go through your floor plan. Is that cool? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to start at your front door. So when you walk in, let's see. Let me. I'm going to tell you any kind of things, red flags I saw, and then and then we'll go over how to different things that you can do. So, um, you walk in your front door, the closets to the left and the right. So, okay, one thing I noticed is that your bathroom is in the male area of your home. It's related to helpful people, but it's also related to the men in your life, like father element. It's also could be like you know, men. So like boyfriends, are you looking for a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> just checking who knows nowadays, right? I don't want to assume. I mean, so, open to either, but probably a boyfriend. <laughs> okay. Well, so moving into the space where there's a bathroom in that area can mean that it's a little bit problematic. Like it bathrooms kind of represent energy kind of coming like water coming in and out of your home. How many, like you're in an apartment building, you're on the second floor. Mm-hmm. How many apartments are there? I have no idea. Or, or how many floors? Sorry. I'm not even sure. I think maybe two. No, there's okay. got to be three. That's okay. Is it like, I just wanted to, is it like 20 floors or is it like? No, no, no. It's small. It used to be an old school. Okay. So about two floors. Okay. So that's cool. So what you could do in your bathroom to help to balance like the energy, like the water energy kind of maybe draining out, which relates to helpful people, but also men and or boyfriends or father element in your life is to, um, and also travel. Cause I remember one thing we really wanted to work on last time was you wanted to travel a lot. Yeah. It turns out that worked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're a magic woman. We got (laughs) to listen back to that. It was like, (laughs) Well, I remember you and Nick just looked at each other like, we want to travel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh, but you can put, uh, let's see. See, the easiest way is to kind of put a plant in there. But I know that I I noticed there's no bathrooms in there, right? You mean windows? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No windows in the bathroom. There is a window, but it doesn't really have light because it kind of goes to like a courtyard. But I already put one plant in there. I put like a little... um, like a, a plant in water that was propagated, like just a, like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to hang eucalyptus in the okay. shower. Will that help? <laughs> yeah, that'll help. And then also if you want to like, if you, when you want to buy, like if you want to buy little accents, like, I don't know, like your toothbrush or a bath mat or, or paint or some artwork, if you stick with colors like blue and green and teal, that'll help because that'll kind of up, That'll uplift the energy because it takes the water energy. And what is like water feeds wood. And so it it makes it more um, vital. So it's going to help to grow the men in like to bring in more men, like not bring in more men, but grow that aspect of your life, which relates to helpful people for people to support you, to, to benefit you. 
and to travel more, but also to enhance and grow relationships with men and also your father. Okay. It's funny because I bought this print last month before when I was still living with the boys, like way before I moved here. I just bought it and I need to get a frame for it, but it's this photographer I like and it's this picture of a basketball hoop and it's blue. I'll I'll send you a photo, but yeah, it's blue and it has the moon in it anyway. And my grandfather, you know, is like a really important person in my life and basketball coach and just like feels very masculine and like reminds me of him. And I was going to hang it in my kitchen, but I wasn't really sure. And the person who lived here before me had some really great art at a certain point in the bathroom. And it feels correct to put this in the bathroom now with the blue. I think it sounds good in the bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know what else you can do that will also help is to... If you could get like a mirror and you could totally get this at Ikea, get some kind of mirror and put it on the outside of the door. Okay. Just like okay. a small mirror? Yeah, you could just do a small mirror. I mean, bigger is better, but do the best you can. Okay. Okay. No, I don't love having so many mirrors around, but I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it for well, you. Well, if you don't... So, if, so you know what? You can just... Do one of your little circle ones? Yeah, just do a small one or or just work on keeping plants, moving plants in and out of there and and making sure that they're getting enough light. And if they're not, move them out in and out. But and use blue. You can use blue and um, blue and green. What about having fresh flowers in there? Fresh flowers is good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. But the colors blue and green relate to wood element, which is going to be that which feet the water takes the water energy and transforms it into upward energy, upward life energy, which is what you want. Instead of having things drain away, you want it to be life-giving. Okay. So I'm going to be getting a shower curtain and towels still. Would mm-hmm. you say, and I was kind of leaning towards white, but mm-hmm. would you say to try to go with like a light blue or green? Yes. Not white. You could do white too, just as long as you do that piece of art and maybe like, you know, you could do little things like get like, um, you could even make some of your own art or if you're doing the ceramics, make some blue ceramics to display in there. Just have like, just bring in as many blue and green aspects as you can. Okay. But an easy way, yes, an easy way is to do it with the towels but you don't have to you could be with any any kind of accent that you want to do okay cool and then i also noticed you have a cloth okay you have a closet oh by the way you remember your door in the east village was like Mm -hmm. all messed up the the door works okay here right yeah the door is great the door is super open (laughs) that was that was like the door in the east village didn't open quite all the way and Nick said he was going to sand it for me. And he did try a lot, but it never really worked. And what was it? It was like blocking my future or something. Yeah, because your door, the door to your apartment or your door to your bedroom, in that case, because you only your space is only the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, it represents how energy comes to you. It's the mouth of cheese. So all the opportunities for a new boyfriend, for work opportunities, for just any kind of opportunities, everything comes in through your front door. So if it's difficult to use, because it didn't even really work very well, it just it, it makes it makes everything really hard unnecessarily. So 
if you have a door that's easy to open, like it looks like it from wait, the yeah, it's a great door. Okay, good, good. And just make sure it's not squeaky. Make sure everything's always working, like the locks work. And you can, especially because you're you're now actively looking for a partnership and also reinvigorating your career and your creativity. I think that do a good job of like cleaning it. So I've been really into telling people to clean their doors really well too. Mm. because the door represents your voice and your communication. So since you're moving into a new place that someone else lived in, take some time and just clean all the, clean the outside of the door, the inside of the door, the door frame, all those places that you usually ignore. And what that's going to do is help to clarify, refine, and make more smooth the energy that's like that you put out in communication. Because most of what you do is communication, right? And then since the doors are your voice, you have a lot of windows in this apartment. So windows actually represent your eyes. And so I really love the metaphor of you moving into this space with these huge windows that are bright and clear. Just make sure that they're clean all the time and you know, pay, make sure they're working well because they represent the eyes of your eyes and how you see the world. So I want you to be able to see the world very clearly and to be able to see things as they are without any kind of clouds of perception um, or your own like insecurities, but really to see things truly for what they are and see the beauty in the world. So, so pay attention to those windows, like make sure they're all working and they're clean. Cool. And I love my view. Like I can see the mountains and I can see palm trees and I can see the busy street outside. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, I think the windows look really beautiful there. Yeah. And much yeah. different than your New York City view. Yeah, for sure. There are three big, huge, you know, it looks like a classroom, you know, like big classroom mm -hmm. windows. Okay, let's talk about the all the beds things you need to do. So, you know, some of these, but I'll just remind you. So, you, so in order to have the relationship, oh, wait, so you have your bed, is you're going to, you're going to put your bed closer to your door or Well, that's the, the thing that I really wanted to talk to you about because. Okay. In the video I sent you, so so Lauren, who lived here before me, she's a friend of a friend mm -hmm. and has a great eye. And I loved how she had the place decorated. And so I've kind of just been using her design of how I want to have it because she has a great mm -hmm. aesthetic. But I'm open to changing it. And what's interesting, I think she she moved in here by herself and then she then her boyfriend ended up moving in and then they needed a bigger place and then they moved on which i think is interesting because the last space that i moved into the person got engaged and you said that that was like a really good omen right oh right that's right she got engaged yeah. and that's why she moved out yeah but anyway so her bed their bed was closest to the closet so basically the only like nego it's a studio apartment but it's a really big studio apartment with high ceilings and basically the only negotiable thing of like like obviously the kitchen is the kitchen the bathroom is the bathroom but i could really put the bed and the living room in two different spots like i could put it the bed closest to the closet and the door and the bathroom or the bed closest to the kitchen and the windows. And I'm leaning towards closest to the door and the closet and the bathroom because that would be the living room. And then that would be kind of weird, I guess, if like the bedroom was more in the kitchen. You know what I mean? But I'm open to yeah. like what you think. Yeah, I hear you. So functionally, it serves, it makes more sense to be closer to the bathroom and the closet. And then 
the living room actually, and the living room will be nice next to all those windows because, okay, so here's kind of the traditional way would probably be like, it's a little bit better traditionally in feng shui to be over by, to have your bed further in. But mm-hmm. something that popped into my head when we were talking earlier is, are you going to have a dining room table? Yeah, I want to have a table um, where she had the table. So like halfway into the kitchen. So like in front of where the bed is now or in Mm -hmm. front of where her living room was, I want to have a table there. Okay. I think it would be better to have the bedroom closer. So what that will just mean is that you'll be a little bit less safe. So I would definitely, you know, if you can put a bell or something on the door so Mm -hmm. that... Um, that's going to make you feel safe. So in case anyone, because you're living there by yourself and so you're just notified and you're really close to the door. So you're not quite as safe there, but I like the idea of having like your living space further back, especially your dining room further back, because when your your dining represents like how you, your friendships. And I want you to have to start making deeper friendships out there in LA and to um, invite more socialization into your life and then that will lead to meeting more people and if that if your dining table is closer to the door the idea is that you have very shallow friendships and people are coming in and out whereas Mm. when you have the dining table further back you're you're going to start to develop deeper friendships cool okay so so i think it'll be better um that way and i think you're also kind of okay with your personal life being a little bit more public So that's just what it means is that when your bed is further up, you're a little bit more in the public realm. And it can also mean that you're dealing more with the public. Uh, You're like in more of a, like an administrative position in the sense that, like, if you're further back, you're more protected. And you're less protect, you're protecting something else when you're, you know, you're less protected when you're closer to the door. But I think let's try it out this way. And maybe this is good because maybe when you're out there more and you're closer to the door, it gives you more opportunity to meet somebody. And then maybe when you meet someone, you can flip those okay. and put the bed further back and, and try that out. So I think, I think I'll have them move the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> Or actually, you'll move into a new place, a bigger apartment with your boyfriend where you have... Right. And we'll do yes. another one of these. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Two all the bed... Th- <laughs> so so you'll have the bed closer to the door. You know how to set it up so that... So the headboard... Well, the head of the bed is against that wall. Yeah. That's So you can see the door. I want you to put a bell on the door if you can, just so... Because you live there alone. I just want you to be sure that you hear someone come in. So psychologically, you know that you're protected. Mm-hmm. Where you're notified, it's like a little alarm system. And then, if you can get, if you so you you don't have a headboard, what you could do temporarily once you meet someone, you should definitely get a headboard. Okay, okay. but you know they have now these decals that you can buy on the wall that have like something fun that could be like a act as a visual headboard. What um, if I just put up a piece of art? Yeah. Uh, no, that doesn't work so much. But you could do like maybe a fabric or like like a rug. Sometimes people take rugs that are really cool and that become like a textile art. But I think if you put the piece of art, you're not going to be able to lean back on it. It'll be really high. 
So it has to be like right above there. Yeah, it should be connected to the bed. So, But if I don't have a relationship yet, why do I need the stability? That's a good point. Because you want to you want to meet someone and have some you want to have some connection with them. But what if I just keep the bed as is, and as soon as I meet them, then I just get a new bed with a headboard? You definitely have to do that. Okay, I will. <laughs> I promise I will. But I just got this bed; it's not even built. And <laughs> you're supposed to check with me before you. I get know. <laughs> I know, dude. I should have. <laughs> I was like, oh no, it doesn't have a headboard. (laughs) We've been through this. (laughs) Okay. So is it a full size bed? No, it's a queen. It's a queen. I've upgraded. (laughs) Okay, good. A full size, a queen size bed. And then you're going to have a nightstand on each side. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get two cool ones. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then you have to match. No, they don't have to match. Okay. But they should be, um, but one shouldn't be like double the size of the other. Okay. Okay. And then um get like and then like I want you to create it as if you already have like a boyfriend. Okay. Set up a nice situation. So you each have a lamp, you each have enough room to put your glasses and your cup of water and your book. Mm-hmm. And and make sure like you get a pillow for each person, right? Mm-hmm. And so just like set it up for your future partner. Okay. Okay. And then there's something else you can do. So there's something called peach blossom look in feng shui. And it's to attract a partner. Cool. And so you can use pink or peach to in your bedroom area. So that can be like your sheets or a throw or your pillows. Or you can also wear like pink or peach when you go outside or pink or peach underwear or pink or peach pajamas. But your bed represents you. So if you put the pink in your bedroom or even like having a pink piece of art above the bed, like just go pink or peach. Okay. And then when you meet someone, you get the headboard and then you get rid of the pink or peach. Okay. What color because do I switch it to? Pink or peach, you can do, well, we'll have to talk about that then. But, okay. <laughs> but if you keep the pink or peach, you'll keep attracting more people. Okay, which is kind of fun, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do what you want, but everyone now knows. <laughs> so, um, well, you could keep doing that. You can keep it up, but um, also try wearing pink or peach, like underwear and things like that. Okay, cool. Okay, and you know, not to have anything under your bed. Mm-hmm. Yep, I tell people that all the time, especially not shoes. No shoes, but no like things that relate to exes or. Yep. I don't, I got rid of all of that. Okay, good. So then the relationship area of your apartment is actually in the kitchen. Okay. So I can't tell exactly where your stove is, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But what you can do is that window by your kit in your kitchen Mm-hmm. You can just consider that that's your relationship window or your relationship corner. And actually, in general, in your house, since you have a studio, I would try to avoid a lot of single things. Like if you have like an image of like a woman alone walking on the beach or something. Okay. Um, well, you can like you could put it away or give it away or keep it for later. But if you're actively looking for someone, it's funny. I go into people's homes sometimes, single women, and they have like all these like 
images of just single women. So that's why like, it's good to already be thinking of you and somebody else. So don't just buy one mug, buy two mugs. Okay. Don't just buy one chair, buy two chairs. Assume that you have a partner, your future partner is there. So you want to already make the space for them. And it's funny. I already have, for some reason, I I got this new pair of Wrangler cowboy boots that my friend sent me. Mm -hmm. And I, for some reason, it makes no sense. But like when I unpacked, I just left them by that window, like this pair of boots, which is kind of funny. Oh, I like that. Yeah, maybe I'll just leave them there, like as an yeah. art piece. Yes. And <laughs> and I and you can like also if you're creating anything like ceramics, you can like you can make two different bowls but put them in the window. So you, they're not because it's not it doesn't have to be the same because it's like you're not gonna be matchy matchy with your partner, right? You're gonna be different people, but yeah. you wanna have you wanna you wanna kind of let the universe know you're ready to not be Katie single Katie you're ready to be Katie in a partnership so start so whenever you buy stuff again buy something at least for two or even four but at least two and then start to like think even if you do one piece of art maybe like see if there's another piece of art that you can have two pieces of art or something that has some kind of pair within the image okay and then also in that window you can put two plants do you have plants in that window? I have two plants right there already. Okay, cool. Does one feel like more you and one feel like your future partner? Yeah, kind of. One is blue and one is like, I mean, you recognize them. They're both pots that I shipped from the East Village. One of the pots is cracked from the, but it still looks okay. Is that okay? No, that's fine. No, but it's Sorry. like a wabi-sabi sort of thing, right? No? Move that pot Let somewhere me, else. Let me a picture. It's just a tiny crack. Well, I mean, dude, they came all the way across the country. <laughs> Can you fix it? With glue? Mm, well, I, I fixed it by just turning it towards the window. It's just a little <laughs> chip. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. I'll send you a photo. Send me a photo. Okay, the idea is that... Okay, I'm not all about throwing things away, but if you have something that's cracked that's supposed to represent something, mm-hmm. um, so why don't you use that for... You put that somewhere else. Get a okay. new, get a a plant, new that's fine. plant for there. And, oh, that's good. Have the one plant that's you, that's like intact, that's not cracked. Because mm-hmm. we don't want a cracked version of Katie, right? right? That we're turning around the crack and hiding it. We want the best, you know, this is, a, this is you. You have nothing to hide. And then get a new plant that's going to represent bringing in new energy for a partnership. And then... And then you just take care of these plants. So when you go away, you make sure someone's taking care of it. So it's you're starting to cultivate what you need to have a healthy relationship with someone. Okay. And they need to be about the same size, correct? No. I mean, they could be different, but I wouldn't do something that's like six feet tall and something that's like six inches tall. Okay. Because I have one that's like, yeah, like a pretty small plant and mm-hmm. then the other one is a bit bigger, but I think that's fine. Cause I do want I someone tall. Fine. So also, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's your tall future boyfriend. Great. Great. Okay. So that's how you act. So we'll activate your relationship area like that. So one thing is I noticed your stove is well that your future your future stove. Mm-hmm. So it's your getting stove, delivered in two hours. Oh, okay, good. So the stove represents your wealth and how you nourish yourself, which I know is important to you. 
So the way it's set up is that your back is to the door and your back is to the door of the kitchen. So if you could set up a mirror, I know you love the mirrors, but set up a mirror so that you could see behind you while you're at the stove, that would be really good. Because basically, if when your back is facing the door and you're cooking, are you cooking now? I mean, yeah, basically. Okay. okay. Well, you have Not to- that well, but kind of, yes. Well, now that this is your own place, it's a good idea to try to use the stove once a day because that activates your fi- your wealth and your fire. Oh, energy. okay. So that's important. So even just boiling water is totally mm-hmm. okay. And then set up a mirror. You can even get one of those rear view mirrors like for cars, like a convex mirror. And just set it up so that you can see behind you because if your back is facing the door while you're cooking, you're under a subtle level of stress. And then you put that in that you're putting kind of that stressful energy into the food that you eat. And that's not great, right? Yeah. So it's not actually like my back. I'm like to the side of the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, still. It's the same thing. And can I just get one of those circle mirrors? I'm going to need a couple yes. of those little circle mirrors from you. Yes. Okay, yes. great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you those smallest mirrors. Okay, so then I want to activate. The last thing I want to do is act. Oh, where are you going? Are you going to have a desk? Where are you going to put your desk? You know, I think I'm going to go deskless, and I'm going to just use the kitchen table as my desk. And then I, I hope to. My friend and I want to get a studio mm-hmm. someday, hopefully soon, that we can go to and work from, and I can record the podcast and stuff. Oh, good. Yeah, and it's a lot cheaper in LA, right? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. That's my that's my goal, and so I think working from the the kitchen table will be okay. Okay, um, is well, that correct? <laughs> well, I know that you. Well, I know when you're in New York, you you're really good at working everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's kind of your thing is that your work is your life, but your life is your work, and. So whenever you want to have some work-life balance, we could talk about it. Um, but I think part of your work is is about integrating, about sharing your life, right? Yeah, I think so right now, at least. Yeah, so we can talk about that. I don't think that's the most pressing thing, but for someone else listening, it might be more important. But mm-hmm. you're also, you're also, I think like, you did a lot of what is it? You did a lot of co-working spaces and things like that. Not that yeah. that's really possible so much now, but but I know that you're good at moving around mm-hmm. with your work, and that it's you don't mind those things intermingling. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, I think what's more important is that you have the inspiration in your career that you start. You're continually trying to, or continually working to. Um, cultivate things that you love doing. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's where this these two areas of the feng shui map make sense. So it's one area is the fire recognition area, and that's kind of like where that center window is, where you're going to put your your you're going to put that di- the dining table there, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you'll be sitting in the fame and recognition area. That's really good, and then the would you say, I couldn't really tell by the video, would you say the front door is directly, is it centered on that window or is it more over to the left? Mm, pretty centered to that middle window. So it feels like the door is kind of in the center of the apartment? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. And then we should note between the two windows, there's this kind of 
eyesore heater. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. But yeah, there's really nothing we can do about that. When do you, what, are you going to need the heater? Yeah. I get so cold so easily. I'm totally going to need the heater. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't need it today. It's 90 degrees, but you know uh, me with the cold. <laughs> I don't, well, I haven't lived in LA for so long. It's never really that cold, but but people get, once people move to LA, they're like wearing their, <sighs> their like sweaters and like, 60 degree weather. I think that's going to be me. A lot of my coats and stuff are upstate at Sasha's and I was just going to leave them there. But now I'm kind of like, I think I might need them. You're going to be the one in shorts and a winter jacket. Uh Uh (laughs) Um, So, okay. So the heater's okay there. Um, Actually, it probably adds to your fire fire and your recognition. So cool. so I want you to activate the, those to the fire and water areas because what that's going to do is activate how for, so for your work, it'll activate your inspiration and passion and um, continually finding new ways to expand and connect with visibility. And then that connects to that. So that's that area by the window. And then your front door is related to your career and your path in life and water elements. So, so I want to activate those two in the same way so they can activate your passion and then it connects to your career. And as your career improves, your, your inspiration and passion increases. And then as you're more inspired, your, you know, your career gets even more successful. And. Yes, it's really good. And then in turn, it also simultaneously will work with helping you find a partner, a romantic partnership, because I want you to be seen more and for people to notice you more. So that's the fire. And then when you're seen more and noticed more, then, and you're feeling more inspired and more passionate, then you'll be able to also connect with more people. More people will want to be around you because that's that water area connecting to people. And the more people you meet, the more opportunities you'll have to meet your future partner. Cool. So since you don't like mirrors, let's Mm -hmm. think of another way to activate it. Um, (laughs) One, so there's a few ways, but I just think maybe we can just, we could either do plants. Oh, yeah. You want to do plants? You're putting near... Putting near that window or on that windowsill? Yes. And also near the front door. Okay. But it should be that plant, maybe. um, I feel like you need a really big plant, actually, like a big kind of tree. I have for where? Right in between the two windows? I think it has to be kind of in the window. Like in front of the window, but maybe to the left or the right. But so it, it would needs need to be, to be basically needs on to something. No, oh, no, it could be on the floor. I'm thinking of like a tall tree, like this, like four feet tall or something, or or a tree on a on a stand. Okay, I have a really big plant. Uh, I forget what it's called, but I have it's like on the floor right now. But I'll show what's you. It, what's it look like? Can really big leaves. Me? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure it's. It's okay. Oh, by the way, for the relationship area, the kitchen, the kitchen window, don't put any spiky plants. 
That's so funny, Angie. Why? Why? Because, oh my God, I mean, I was just thinking this as you were talking and I was like, oh, we're kind of going over time and I'm going to tell the story. But I was going to tell you this, this weekend, I went to the plant shop with my friend and her boyfriend. Uh-huh. And they helped me get plants. And I, you know, before I had a fridge or a stove or internet or even a, you know, a bed frame, I had a ton of plants, right? Okay. And one of the ones that I got was this like spiky sort of succulent. And I put it in the window and I just like hated it. And I didn't know why. And it was pretty cute, but like I just, I didn't like it. And I went back to the plant store on Sunday and I was like, hey, can I return this? And I really liked the pot. And so I was like, and my friend had brought me over a little piece of the propagated plant oh. from her yard from mm-hmm. um, where I first lived in LA. And it's this really sweet, like rounded edges sort of a plant. And mm-hmm. I replaced it with that. And so I think that's the me plant. And that spiky one, I no longer have. I, I returned it. And the guy who who let me return it, he gave me back my $7 and he was like, Oh, my friend actually planted this and and made it, and he was like, "I'm happy to have it back." Like it just didn't didn't work here, and it was such a little like I didn't know why. It was just real all intuition. Isn't that funny? Yeah, because if you because basically if you had that spiky plant in your relationship area, it would be like you're putting out really harsh energy to attract somebody. Interesting. <laughs> like you're, it's like it's like well, you know, like maybe people will look at you, but they'll be scared of but they'll be scared to come close to you. That's so they'll funny. be scared. And also actually it's interesting because you know how you said something about that last person you dated and, and having that be a little bit difficult. Um, mm-hmm. The spikiness is about protection, right? So maybe your first feeling was to go for something and put it in your relationship area, something that was spiky and protective, but then you realize you're really ready to meet someone. So you don't want to, you don't want to put up those, those protections right now anymore because no one wants to get near a spiky plant right, right. but it, it's helpful in certain areas but not if you're like ready to meet someone and be nice to someone then you want but actually and your friend who gave you the cutting she's in mm-hmm. like a good relationship no <laughs> oh okay <laughs> she's well, single oh that's okay it's okay it's okay she has um, a lot of friends <laughs> Well, she's it's the okay. best, but no, 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 no not good. in a relationship. Well, it's you know how similar to like having an apartment, like that. Ha- so if the if you got a plant from a cutting from a someone who just got married or has like really positive energy or a po- good luck, like always, like with relationships, like you kind of mm. it kind of has some of that good luck with it, but that's okay. Um, okay. But for the recognition area, I feel like it's, you have pretty good um, fire energy anyway, but I think like um, you could, that's why I think you need to have like a pretty strong tree. And if it has soft leaves, that's good. Um, But I think you need kind of like a stronger plant to hold up to all the cool, like fire energy that's coming to you. Because if you have like a wimpy plant, it's going to like, just get burnt out. And I don't want you to get burnt out. I want you to be able to thrive and really like have, um, have a really um, strong plant that like, it's kind of like adding logs to a fire versus adding like wimpy little like twigs. Okay. So what plant are we talking about? This is a plant in front of the main window in front of the center window. Yeah. Okay. 
front of the center window. Yeah. So okay. you could get like a fig tree plant or or something that has a little bit of heft to it. So you can send later you can text me things and I'll tell you yes, yeah. no, bigger. I think like, it's a no nucera. Do you know what that is? Am I saying that right? I don't know. Nucera. Monstera? Monstera, yes. Okay. Monstera is a good one. Okay. It's, I have a monstera. That's the biggest I plant I have. Okay, that one that's gonna grow really fast and really big in that window, I think. Okay, so great. So put that in front of that window. Yes. Okay. And but then you also need one by your front door too. Okay. So ideally you want to tie them together. So you can do that with like um, the same pot or the same plant, or you could put like a, a like a little, like a matching ribbon on each okay. of them. Something that like, something that, you know, connects them. All right. I'll just okay. get another Monstera. Yeah. Like get another Monstera. Monstera. Perfect. And um, so one will be for your, one will represent the path in life career and one's going to represent your fire energy. So you're going to, so you just think about you're putting them there. So your visibility improves for your business and you have more inspiration and growth and you're very, you have a lot of fire, like just feeling really inspired. And then that helps your business grow. And then you're communicating more to the world and you're really finding what you want to do with yourself. And that creates more inspiration. So you think about those feeding each other. Mm -hmm. And then same thing with your... And then it's also working for you meeting a partner. So you're out there more, you're seeing more, and then you're meeting more people. And it's not just like meeting um, a partner. It's also meeting inspiring people. Mm -hmm. And making inspiring like connections, like making deeper friendships, all of this. Okay, cool. Cool. So I think that's a, that's a lot for you, huh? Yeah, but all like doable. I think sometimes I get, I was actually thinking about this today. I was like, oh no, I hope I don't get on the session. And I'm like, oh, there's, this is, this is bad feng shui, but there's nothing I can do about it. This is bad feng shui, you know, but this time, none, nothing like that. Everything's fixable. Feels very manageable. Yeah, well, that's that's also the way I I approach things because it doesn't help to tell someone like this is not workable. You you try to find a way to meet. You have to meet them where they're at, right? Yeah, you're. I mean, you're always good about that. But like the door thing, for instance, uh, we couldn't really fix last time. You know, no, that was a tough one. But but here we are. <laughs> this <laughs> now one's you have fine. a great door. <laughs> yeah, I've got a great door. It all yeah. came together. Yes, absolutely. So we should do this space clearing with your intentions. Yeah. Did, did you say someone, people had questions or... Oh, yeah. I, I, I Let's just quickly answer it. Someone was saying like, if you don't have a lot of... We'll just answer one of them. If you don't have a lot of space mm -hmm. and you want to do some adjustments and you don't have a lot of wiggle room for moving around furniture, what advice would you give them? You have to do the best you can with what you have. So depending on what you want to achieve, you well that's kind of not an easy question to answer but you could start to do other you could do other things like how we're we're not necessarily moving things around in your home we're adding elements with intention so you can add elements with intention like you don't have to add a big plant you can add a small plant so you have to work with what you have and and make it manageable and accommodating for the space but it's probably better to to get some advice because it's kind of confusing, you know, it's confusing if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, so that wasn't okay. really a great answer, but. 
<laughs> but I didn't know. I think you, I mean, I think you did your best. To, yeah. To, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard to know. Like these things are very individual. Mm-hmm. I think yes. they have been for me, which is why it's good to learn about it. So then you can do it for yourself or ask for help with someone like you. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Shall we, shall we clear? Yeah. So I don't know where you're at in your apartment. I'm like in the mid, I'm in the kitchen on the floor. It doesn't actually matter. I'm just going to have you visualize you're laying in bed. Okay. In your bed. Well, I can just go lay in bed. Okay. Is that easy to do? Yeah. Okay. So we'll do, a, we're going to do like a virtual space clearing and, and then other people can do this for themselves in their home if they listen in and visualize their own, their own home. Okay. So you're laying in the center of your bed. Are you laying and lay on your back? Okay, I wasn't in the center, but now I am. Is it okay that my feet are hanging off? I guess so. <laughs> it's fine. Just being on your bed is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want them on? I'll put them on. No, no, okay. no. It's, it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of being in that one central place. And the bed represents you, so it's closest to you. So we're going to start there. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to do a little mantra chanting to get us to create a container. Okay? Okay. All right. Gate gate par gate par sam gate bodhiswaha 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 and you can gently close your eyes while you're laying in the center of your bed, or if you're, or you can visualize that you're laying in the center of your bed on your back with your um, gaze facing up with your eyes closed. And visualize that suddenly you're surrounded by bright white sunlight all around you in all directions. And then suddenly you're surrounded by a a myriad of Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, goddesses, ascended masters, all the helpful people in your life, and they're all surrounding you in all directions. And from their heart center, they shine a white light towards you while you're laying in bed and this white light is focused on your heart center and in your heart center there appears a lotus bud and this lotus bud begins to open it's an eight-petaled lotus flower and in the center of that lotus flower is your own heart's deity, your own heart's Buddha. And it shines with this white light, this white sunlight. And then this light in the Buddha becomes larger and larger, filling your heart, your torso, and then filling your entire body. As you become this deity, you become this Buddha, you embody this Buddha energy. And then from your heart center, this white light begins to radiate out 
and it begins to fill your entire body. And then this white light begins to fill your entire bed and it's pulsating this white sunlight. And this white sunlight is clearing out any stuck energy, anything that's holding us back, any kind of difficult, challenging obstacles. It's clearing out any of that old, stale energy. And from your heart center, this, this white light radiates out, fills your entire body, fills your entire bed. And then it begins to fill your entire home, touching all the dark corners, all the hidden spaces. And your whole home is filled with this bright white sunlight. And it begins to transmute any kind of difficult energy any stuck energy, any pain, any suffering, any obstacles, and it clears the way for you to receive all the blessings and all your wishes. And then we send this light to our teachers from our heart center. We send this white light to our teachers and they receive this gold, this uh, white sunlight. And then we send this light to all our loved ones, our family members, our friends. And they receive this white sunlight. And then we send this white sunlight back to all the Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, all the goddesses and deities and helpful people that we saw in the beginning. And they receive this light in their heart centers. And so let's put our hands together in prayer at our heart center. And let's thank our home. Thank the home with gratitude and humbleness. And we've cleared away and purified any kind of stuck energy, any difficult chi, any, anything that's holding us back. And we're inviting in blessings of love, joy, future partnerships, inspiration, and knowing what path we need to take to feel inspired, creative, and creating abundance for everyone in the world. So when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. We just cleared the space, your space of anything that may have been stuck and created um, our intention for your new beginnings here, Katie. Mm, that was so nice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Wow. I'm really excited to see how your this life in this new home in Los Angeles, how it will begin to unfold. Me too. So, okay, the main takeaways: I got to get a couple mm -hmm. mirrors, one for the to look at me while I'm at the fridge. I'm going to get a sticky for that. I've got to mm -hmm. get one for no the stove, the stove. Yeah, the stove. That's what I mean. You want to see behind you when you're at the stove, and one for the bathroom door, the outside outside of the bathroom door 
mm-hmm. and then blues in there. Mm-hmm. Get another monstera plant for the front door. Mm-hmm. That's it. I got to work on the check back when I meet someone and we'll deal with the bed then. In the meantime, yes. get so matching work- things. Yeah. And you're also going to do pink in the pink. bed peach. and wear some pink to invite peach, pink or peach blossom luck. And then you're going to change out that cracked uh, pot in the, your relationship area and you're going to put a new pot. Um, and I, and then, so it's cool if I put that cracked pot somewhere else, maybe, maybe in the living room. Yeah. You could put it somewhere else. Just don't put it for your relationship. Cause okay. you want, you don't want a crack pot. You don't want to invite a crack pot. <laughs> no, sure. Don't <laughs> you want to, you want you want, you want a brand new, like not broken person to come into your life. Okay. Right? All right. Cool. This is going to work. I'm very excited. <laughs> Everything else has worked. So yeah. why shouldn't this? Well, I love it. this was a delay. I love you. Thank you so much for doing this. And everyone who's listening, just get obsessed with Angie and everything that she does because she's the real deal and the best. And I'm so grateful that you're my friend and teacher and you're just so wonderful. And this was really nice. Thank you. And I hope we can see each other soon. I, w- I had oh, I one, one day we'll be able to fly again. I know. I can't wait for you to come and see the space. One day. I'm going to go to LA as soon as I can. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I'm going to give you the emoji in a moment and let you know who's coming up on the show next week. But for now, please follow Angie. I forgot to mention at the top, but she has a really great book called Holistic Spaces as well. That's beautiful. And I would love for everyone to support her and check out her online store too. And let her know if you found something useful or made you think about something differently in this episode. Um, You were wonderful. I'm so happy that you're here. And next week, I'll be back with a brand new episode with Marley Grace. Marley is a dancer and a writer who's dramatically impacted my life. And she's been on the podcast before. If you want to go back and listen to that episode from a little over a year and a half ago Um, but we recorded a new episode and I'm really looking forward to you hearing that so I will talk to you next week the emoji for this week's episode is the bouquet of flowers Angie loves live flowers in spaces and is a flower expert she goes to flower class and works with flowers a lot in her work so I think that is fitting If this show is meaningful to you and you want to support it, leave a review on iTunes, share it with a friend, support the sponsors. And I'm so grateful again that you're here and follow Let It Out on Instagram. We have a Let It Out Instagram account where we talk about the podcast and we have a theme every month. So you can follow Let It Out. You can follow me. You can follow Angie. All the links will be in the show notes. Hope to see you there. And if you're listening to this the day it comes out and you still want to join Creative Underdogs, letting people in until the end of the week. So the end of tomorrow, if you want to join this round, if not, you can join next semester. But it's my membership, a group of people who come together and talk about creativity and what it's like to be making art and living life and blending the two. And when you feel stuck and stagnant to have support and inspiration. And it's my favorite thing I've ever done so far. It's super cool. Angie was a guest. I bring in my friends to be guests that you get to talk to them and interview them and ask questions about your specific situations as well as me. And it's just tremendous. And I'll link to it in the show notes if you want to join us. Okay. That's actually it. (laughs) 